As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort? <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Al, it's another bird night! Another bird night for the second year in a row. And it's the same bird. It's the same Same bird. bird. The same bird doing us some favors. You know what? Oh, boy. I'm going to go get my Pelican artwork. Oh, go get that Pelican. Bring it. Bring your Pelican artwork because... Tonight, the Thunder win the game against the New Orleans Pelicans in New Orleans. What a game. What a game. Shea was unbelievable. Bring that Pelican in here. Look at that beautiful bird. If you're not watching on YouTube, I don't know what you're doing. You need to subscribe to our YouTube channel. In fact, everybody right now, hit the like button. It's down here. It's down here in this area of your screen. Hit that like button right now. Get people in here because this is one of the bigger nights in uh, recent Thunder history. This was a game of consequence. I'd say first game of consequence. Check, check. Yeah, they, they were. It. They were spectacular. Not many people picked them to win. I picked them to win this morning, but I, it was me and Fred Katz, I think, on the Down to Dunk uh, preview shows that picked them to win. And honestly, tell you. Didn't feel great about it. <laughs> Didn't feel great about picking them. Um, but they pulled it off, man. They showed like some real mental fortitude tonight that I that we honestly hadn't seen in a while. You know, if you were to judge based upon the yeah. way that they had played down the stretch of this season, uh, it was not a very good bet. I mean, I read the the net rating numbers that showed that the Pelicans had just been a much better team recently. And uh, that didn't matter tonight. It's just one game. Just one game. And and for all three of Shea, Dort, and Giddy to all have a great game at the same time. Yeah. For that to happen. <laughs> and and on a night when J-Dub just like, it just wasn't his night. He was just you know, missing. Like, I was just, we were just, was missing. just talked he, about this with Mark Schindler on the Daily Ding. Like, it wasn't necessarily that he played a bad game. Like, he had, he got the right kinds of shots. He just missed. Yeah, and like a lot of he, – he did have a couple tough finishes, but a lot of tough finishes that he normally would make were just bouncing out. Yeah. But, for the, you know, that was the guy who kind of outside of Shea was like leading this team down the stretch, you know, putting yeah. up these crazy numbers. For him to have kind of a down game for him and those other two guys to step up in such a huge way, especially in the first half, yeah, was just incredible. Like Dort – I mean, <laughs> at this point – it's only two games, but Dort is like the best do or die player 
in Thunder history. He he's two for two at this point. Hashtag leave Dort alone. And you know, you used to you always say, you know, this entire season we would always talk about the future of this team. What's the rotation going to look like? Yeah. And you would always say, hey, you're going to want Dort in the playoffs. I've been saying it. But even if it's bad right now, you're going to want him in the playoffs. And honestly, every time you said that, I was like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Please just shut up. Just shut up. He just shot like three for 16. Shut up. <laughs> and he came in there tonight. It's a fair and, response. And a, he, he came and helped them at the exact time they needed him because Shea was not getting it going at all in that yeah. first half. Yeah. And for Dort to make the same types of shots that we would have that would have bothered us in the past. Yeah. And he's like finishing, it was just it was an immaculate first half <laughs> performance for Dort. It really was. Hey, uh speaking of Dort. What time is it there? It's 12, uh, 12, 16 here in Oklahoma City. What time? What time is it there? Is it early morning for you? It's 7.15. Wow. Um, I woke haven't... up at 4.30. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I already had two coffees. I have about 15 minutes. Then I have to get to work. Okay. But oh, I'm I so was glad hearing you're here. something oh, so about Dort, and I couldn't restrain myself. I had to join. <laughs> Welcome to Bird Night. Tell us, uh, man, give us give us your thoughts while we have you, McKelly. Um, I mean, even if the offensive night um, for Dort and the one for Jadab were sw- swapped, uh, so say that Jadab uh, has a great night and Dort a horrible one, um, his defense was so great uh, that it wouldn't matter for me. I mean, the fact that he... I know that if you look at the... BI line, you said, well, it was efficient, like 10 out of 19. That is not really stopping him. But the fact that he could take just 19 shots and the fact that, that Ludort was all over him, um, beat him to his normal uh, spots, like just contesting, being physical for 40 minutes, that was an yeah. impressive game by Ludort. And the fact that he was able to be effective on the offensive boards, those four uh, offensive possessions that he just manufactured by like being more ready than others it's it's impressive and the free throws i mean he had he had such a great night um he did he had i mean some big stones there at the end of the game think about those yeah. free throws that all yeah, those free throws at the end him were so impressive yeah. because i just kept waiting for the miss and and it turned out to be bi who missed one of the, his free throws I like every single time, whether it was Dort or it was Giddy stepping up to the line, I was just like waiting, like they're going to hit one of two. It's not that big of a deal. It'll be fine. And for them to both step up and hit all their free throws at the end, it was just insane. Like, I mean, it, this is like, it felt like watching just a normal, good playoff team. And I had to keep reminding myself, like, this is the first time these guys have, most of these guys have ever done this, have ever been in this position. And for Giddy, especially who has never been in this situation to step up the way he did, you know, I could, I can believe it from Dort because I saw it in that game seven. So I was like, okay. And then for Shea to have that third quarter, it's Shea, but for Giddy on this stage with everyone watching for him to step up. And I loved the, I don't know if I would call it a turning point, but that Josh Richardson foul on him Mm. and his reaction it was just so awesome, like to great. see that emotion from Giddy, yeah, from from getting his nards hit, you know. Oh, but that that was just so awesome, and it kind of like summed up what he was bringing because he brought so much energy to this team. The same shots he was missing in the first half when he was driving the rim, all of a sudden the second half they were just all of them were falling. Every single drive he was making was good, dude. I, I, that was what's crazy is that is only his second 30-point game of his career in the NBA. Yeah. And it was on this stage. And you didn't question it from the jump, the way that he came out. I mean, he was was ready. And I did worry a little bit at the beginning of this game with the way that it started with Valanciunas just eating. They were just Mm -hmm. like, oh, no. Because he had six points off of three putbacks. And yeah. it just looked like, oh, no, what is going to happen? How are they going to contain this guy? And honestly, one of the bigger inflection points of this game is whenever he went out 
and yeah. had the ankle turn. And then for some weird reason, they decided to run the offense through Jackson Hayes. No, we've got Brandon Ingram. We've got CJ McCollum. Both those guys have been sent through the fire, you know, and instead, no, we're going to run our offense through Jackson Hayes. I, I thought both coaches were incredible tonight. I thought they both mm-hmm. did the right things throughout the entire game, except for that. When they And it was honestly a moment where I thought, okay, the Thunder are going to win this game because Jackson Hayes is holding the ball for 11 seconds. And that yeah. is a disaster waiting to happen. And it was. That was not... That was not the right move down the stretch. I mean, Herb Jones. I'd rather the ball be in Herb Jones' hands. He play, He had 20 points tonight. I know. He he was as good as Dort was. Like, yeah. that offensive explosion Both those guys him were while so he was doing good. what he was doing on the defensive end. Yes. Both of those guys had incredible games. Yeah. Um, isn't it insane that OKC was able to basically single coverage Brendan Ingram from the entire game? Uh, and... Like New Orleans had to send doubles every single time to just yeah. have a chance against Shea. Yeah, I think that like the fact that OKC has the luxury to say, okay, um, we will send a double very late, just in certain situations where we are sure that he can't get to um, like um, a pass to Trey Murphy because he was he was cooking. Trey Murphy was at the as soon as they started doubling a little bit too much. Uh, Terry Murphy started cooking and they went away from that and that was a great read for Dagnold like delaying the, the the double and using it just in certain situations and allowing their the best defenders I mean both J-Dub uh, at times Shea uh, and and especially Lou Dort like saying okay just just be better and they were <laughs> like uh, and instead on the other end I mean it was hey we don't care about Anybody. We'll put Trey Murphy on J-Dub. We'll put um, two guys on Shea at all times. And this is how we will play. And Shea not only was amazing, but he trusted his teammates, like, a lot. And I was confused in the fourth, like, when is Shea time? And instead, yeah. it was Shea time. Shea time, the, 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 the shot that he hit on, on Herb Jones was a, was a beauty. But for the most part, he trusted his teammates to be able to make points and they delivered like this is this is such a great moment for OKC um uh, showing leadership from Shea showing other guys being able to step up to play the right way and it's it's again it's a fantastic ending of uh of a great game yeah and Royce pointed out on Twitter like Shea did not force it at hardly any point in that game. I mean, you could argue that he settled a little bit in the first half on a few of those threes and a couple of those yeah. mid-range shots, but he really never forced it. I mean, he could have tried some like wild drives just to try to get something going, but he never really did. He stayed super patient, mm-hmm. and they eventually cracked the code in that third quarter, started to be able to get CJ switched onto him, and then things started opening up from there. And yeah, I was I was the same place you were down the stretch. We we're like, where is Shea? Like, why is he? Oh, not I tweeted as much. Like, um, even even on one of those final plays when New Orleans had to foul and Giddy had the ball, and I'm like, pass it to Shea, please pass it to Shea. And Giddy <laughs> gets fouled and he hits both free throws. Yeah, it was the the confidence he has in his teammates is just such a huge thing for this team. Did you guys realize that? Jay Will had eight, eight, and eight in this game. No. To, so to be, some, sometime to be through honest. the third quarter, I saw that he had six assists, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, he was. He also had. He was a plus twenty. He was the best plus minus. He was like he's he's somebody that I think is has gone and probably will continue to go way under the radar for this game. Oh, and it's obvious why because Giddy and Shea were incredible, and they deserve all the shine from this game. And so does Lou Dort. All three of those guys deserve the shine from that game. But when you're looking for other reasons why they won the game, I thought Jay Will was awesome. He had he had the he had the sky hook that was like <laughs> yeah. comical and just beautiful. Um he had a couple oh, other drives. The best thing about too. that was the comment. Like oh, Mark com- Jackson saying that the cabinet was <laughs> the commentary was hilarious. It was hilarious. Say, well, first of all, the cabinet is asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but he such a great he was really good for them. Like uh, that was not something that I was expecting. I thought we would see maybe 10 minutes of him in this game 
mm-hmm. and that they would just go small and try to just take the bigs of New Orleans off the floor and that he wouldn't have much of an impact. But he had a pretty underrated impact in this game. Well, especially how the game started because a lot of those second chance points you were talking about with Valanciunas, that was him just bullying Jay will like yeah. towering over him just to get put, some of these pushing rebounds. him under the rim and then just yeah. like, I have way longer arms than you. Like, and so it, yeah. it felt like, man, how long can they really play Jay will yeah. and Mark sticks with them and it really pays off in that second half. It really did. The, the play that stuck out to me was, you know, he was, I don't know what he was from three, but he missed like his one first, out of seven. Yeah. Oh, he for missed six, his first five or something. And after missing five, he like pump fake from three point and actually drove the ball and had like a really nice lay in. And I was like, you know what? I'll take it. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Like he knows that he doesn't, his shot's not going down right now. And for him to try something else. And then like McKelly said, try that hook shot later. Like he was figuring out how he could help during that game. And he was getting better as the game went on mm-hmm. for how it, considering how it started. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he was more physical. Like he started the game by being overpowered, as you mentioned, Andrew. And then slowly he got into the game. He was able to move away, um, like to just, hey, I will buddy up from below the basket. No, that, that doesn't work. So he started to do it earlier, uh, away from the basket. So he could like have more, um, better position in terms of rebounding and just forcing. Um, Valenciunas to to bump him for a longer time and allowing the defender to to send a double. So all these little things are moment of growth for for a guy like him. And yeah. um, you said it right. I mean, Dengel trust him. It was not an easy thing to do. You have Jade. You have um, Wiggins there. You have Isaiah Joe. You can try to go small and say, okay, let's um, forget about the rebounds. We'll just win this game on offense. And Mark, I I, I thought, hey. The small lineup is uh, is something that I would try, and he almost didn't. I mean, the the moment I think he played like a five minutes, going small, and they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not the big part of the game. The big part of the game was trusting Jay Will, trusting his passing, trusting his passing out of the double team for Shea, and he delivered. I mean, I completely missed that part, um, and when I realized that it's wow, it's almost a triple-double for for a guy that is a rookie. And when we all first saw him playing against Boston, I said, oh, okay, that's that's cute. That, go back to the G League, please. <laughs> and instead, he is meaningful uh, on a, on the first playing game for this team. It's, yeah. And when you start thinking about him long-term, like we've always been judging him this season as a starter, essentially, because he's been a starter for the majority of the season at this point. Next year, he's probably going to be like a 15-minute-per-game backup center. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's getting matched up with like Jackson Hayes instead of having to deal with Jonas Valanciunas. And so all of those great things that we're seeing from Jay will in this game might be even more apparent in a smaller yeah. role next season. I agree. Yeah. Guys, work's call. All right. Bye-bye. Such, such a great morning for me. It's unbelievable. Yeah, you're rewarded. You're rewarded for waking up. You really were. Yeah. 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 Glad you could join us for this bird night, McKelly. Um, Thank you for letting me in. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Oh, man. Uh, Another quick shout out to Dort. You know, he had 20 in the first half, which was a, uh, or 20 in the first, was it the first quarter? In the first quarter. Which is a no. He had thirteen, fourteen in the first quarter, twenty in the in the first half. He that and those are both like career highs, I believe, for him in like a quarter and a half. And then twenty five hit the mark of the most points that he's scored all season. And still, he kind of restrained himself in the second half. You know, he only. Do you know how many shots off the top of your head he took in the second half? Uh, I would guess four. So he took six okay. in the second half, which is like just a fine normal number. Now Josh Giddy took eleven and Shea took twelve. And you know, and J Dub took nine. I think you just have to feel good about that with the way that they played. Um Dort actually restrained himself and then he hit his free throws. <clears throat> he was awesome tonight. I just I can't get over how much he stepped up in tonight's game. I mean, 
if he didn't buoy them in the first half, they would have been sunk. Yeah, and it wasn't just his offense, obviously. Like, McKelly mentioned those four offensive rebounds. One of them was that one at the end where I really do think Josh Richardson fouled SGA. He did. But it, he absolutely did. Where like, Shea, like, almost was, was almost dunked it. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, he definitely and, did And foul. Dort just happened to, like, run to the exact oh, spot where the ball was. And he day. gets fouled. That was, like, such a huge play at that moment. And it he really was making was. plays like that the whole game. Now, I was terrified on that B.I. three-pointer. On, on replay, it doesn't look like he touched him, but it was very close to him, like, hitting B.I.'s elbow. That was terrifying. But yeah. other than that, everything was really good. Shout out to that one heat check he took. That it airballed. Was so that was funny. hilarious. That was a good time to get get it out of his system, you know? <laughs> it was like the most hilariously delayed heat check I have ever seen, where he was just like, yeah, I still got ice in my veins, and then he <laughs> throws it up and hits the side. <laughs> just like so far off. My friend Peter was texting me, and he was like, that, he was like I knew that shot wasn't going in. However, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. <laughs> yeah, that, that looked like... Uh, the Mavs shots at the end of that game they played uh, last week yeah, when they were purposely trying to lose. You know, this morning I asked you, <clears throat> how many players do you think will play more than five minutes tonight? Yeah. And it's like I knew. It's like I sensed that Mark was going to do something with those five minutes. <laughs> That's why I capped it at five minutes. But you got it right. You said eight. But Whew. he did end up playing, you know, a ninth guy, Lindy Waters, five minutes. Four minutes um, and 41 seconds. Yeah. But yeah, you look at the minutes tonight, and like this is kind of what we've just wanted to see. Yeah. Not necessarily like obviously he's not going to do this all season, but for J Dub, SGA, and Giddy to all play forty plus minutes in a game and look that good down the stretch. I mean, I didn't see a ton of fatigue the way we've seen over these past couple weeks, Mm-mm. where you can like see that Shea is gassed, you know, especially towards the end of a game. Like those guys still looked pretty fresh towards the end of that game. Yeah, they did. Shea physically looked really good. I was worried because the way that he looked in that Utah game, I was worried about how he would play in this game. I was worried about physically how he would look. And he's obviously not 100%. I'm not sure that anybody's 100%. But getting those five days of rest, thank you, Mavericks, um, was a really big deal. And the fact that they could get some really good practice in and then just be ready. I mean, a game like this mentally is so challenging, especially when you know that the other team, especially in guys like Ingram and CJ McCollum and Herb Jones, have been through this before and have made it through two you know, they've won they had to win two games last year. Yeah. You know, in this same position. That it takes some real gonads, man, to make that happen. Yeah, it's it's I I'm like very impressed. <laughs> I I was not expecting this. You know, I was just hoping for a good game. We yeah. talked about how all their other matchups with the Pelicans had just been like these slugfest where the offenses were terrible. That was not the case tonight. Yeah. No. O- OKC's offense scored 127 points per 100 possessions. Yeah. Which is very good. Yeah. Um the thing we didn't mention yet is the fact that a team this young only had seven turnovers in a game like that <laughs> again it's like, that, never like, got mental, rattled it's that mental component to it that is uh it's unusual it's uh it's just like downright strange that they're able to play like this um, and now they're going to play this timberwolves team who is like the opposite of that like super talented but yeah. will have just like these mental lapses for stretches of a game yeah where they're just playing so dumb yeah this game was the exact opposite of the Lakers, absolutely. Game. Like, yes, both teams were very good tonight. Both teams were incredible. I mean, for for a close, there and both games were close. Lakers game and this game were both very close games. But as far as like execution goes, like the execution was phenomenal in this game. And then last night was a debacle between the Wolves <laughs> and the Lakers. And I'm gonna, I'm really having to try not to be too cocky going into this game and you know think of this uh like the thunder think of games like no we're zero and zero here you know nothing's happened you know well one thing we gotta block it out can say without being cocky is that 
Jaden McDaniels is not going to be playing. That's, that which is means such a big deal. That is such a big deal for this it's a matchup. Huge deal. Because who? I mean, who? Who's guarding SGA? If you had to go back to back, Herb Jones and Jaden McDaniels, like yeah. that is a huge test. They're, they're going to figure out something. Like they'll throw a lot at him. Yeah. But just to know that that option is not off the table. Yeah. Is such a huge relief. And, and to know that you slayed the Herb Jones Dragon tonight. Like that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually surprised at his final line because McKelly was talking about how OKC really didn't want to double BI and was yeah. able to get away with it for most of the night. Yeah. Whereas it was complete opposite for the Pelicans and Shea. And you look at their final lines, you know, Shea's 11 for 22, 32 points. Brandon Ingram's 10 for 19, 30 points. Like, they both got to where they wanted to get. But it felt like Shea's offensive assignment, like what he had to go through offensively, was a lot harder than what B.I. had to do. Yeah. As good as Lou Dort is. And Lou Dort was great. I mean, he fought over so many screens. I mean, that's how they were trying to shake him loose. And they just let Dort just chase him around. Yeah, I mean, Shea was 3 of 10 in the first half. Yeah. And it was it did not look great. And then he went 8 of 12 in the second half. And, and 8 of 8 from the free throw line. He did not shoot a free throw in the first half. And even only 8 times, it's like that's it's not a ton of free throws for Shea. Um, but it was just enough to get him there, and he made them all. And we should mention part of that third quarter – were the adjustments that Mark made at halftime to try to get Shea the ball or to get him in more advantageous situations on yeah. the court. And we've always talked about how we like Mark. Like we think he's a great developmental coach, mm-hmm. but we really can't say a lot about what he'd be like in the playoffs. And now we can. And it wasn't just that adjustment. The f- I tweeted this out at the end because I was thinking about it a few day- uh, games ago. The fact that he had so many timeouts left at the end of that game like he had he had timeouts to spare. He was acting like they were worth points at the end. He was going to cash them in. Yeah, but I appreciated it so much because when it got down to the end, I'm just like, I'm so glad we have a timeout right now. We can just chill for a second and set something up for an inbounds yeah, play. Yeah, B- Billy would have burned those timeouts. And he and also the way he used timeouts, I thought was great. There was like a um, a Trey Murphy dunk in transition where the crowd was just going bonkers, and he's like, no timeout. And like killed like he was he used them at the right times like kill momentum. Well, each time he, he did it. The biggest one was at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and maybe yes. you could argue he should have done it a possession before. But they were up by nine. Yep. New Orleans goes on a seven zero seven zero run just like that. Yeah. And he calls the timeout. Shea was already at the scores table getting ready to check in, um, but they scored that that seventh point. And he called the timeout, and it just settled things down. And now Shea's back in the game, and they just kind of got back to what they were doing. Yeah. I, I still can't believe they won that game, man. It is it is a really not, big deal. It's not just that they won it; it's that they won that type of game. Yeah, because if they had shot sixty percent from three, or fifty percent from three, obviously it would have still been awesome. But there would be a part of you that's like, "That's not going to happen." That was that <laughs> was the like, fluky play-in game. Yeah, they shot twenty-nine percent from three, forty-five percent from the field. They 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 did not play their best game and yet they they just found a way i mean that's that and what they did at the end of that game in those last final five minutes i mean that was that's real stuff yeah that's stuff that That actually does matter from shay where he's fading away yeah was that that is like almost it was huge because that was the two for one yeah i think he hits it with like 28 seconds left and for him to both get the two for one and to hit that shot to do it was just wildly impressive. I mean, that that was kind of the shot of the night for him. That was definitely his biggest moment. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm I'm just very blown away uh, by this team. Mm-hmm. I I I I am I don't want to say I'm more. Con- I actually I am more confident in the next game than I was for this game. Yeah. Um. Even though. There's some obvious. Well, you picked them to lose, Al. I would hope that you I feel did. more confident on on Friday. Yeah. Well, it, it came down to the matchup. Like I actually do think Minnesota right now is a better matchup than the Pelicans, without a doubt. Um, without a doubt, they they just don't though, have the per, they just don't have the personnel to defend Shea like 
the Pelicans, you know, do. Right. And and obviously they're huge. They have a ton of size. Yeah. Gobert, I'm assuming, is going to be back. But that in and of itself is kind of like a fun, weird wrinkle. Yeah. To see like how they respond to having him back in the lineup. Yeah. But totally. yeah, the, not having McDaniels. And also, by the way, not having Thunder Killer Nas Reed, it's him true. being out as well. It's true. So those are the things that are making me feel a little bit more positive. Obviously, I think they should still be favored. They're playing at home. Yeah. Like Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, those guys, we've seen them perform at a very high level in the playoffs. Yeah. Now, Cat tends to do what he did against the Lakers, will have these amazing stretches and then disappear. That was probably the worst game of Anthony Edwards that I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. And so you assume he's going to be- bounce back and have a nice game against the Thunder. But yeah, knowing that you have Dort in that matchup, it just if it, it feels like this team has a really good shot to make the playoffs, they're which gonna, is wild. They're going to have a chance to make the playoffs. And oh, by the way, last year the Pelicans beat the Clippers so that we can get the twelfth pick. Thank you very much. Yep. This year, if we beat the Timberwolves, the Jazz pick will become the twelfth pick based on a it would go to a tiebreaker. Yeah. But or a coin flip, whatever. But so we we could. Pay it forward, help out the Jazz a little bit, make the playoffs. Would be very nice of us. Can you imagine Continu- if continuing the bird, the, the the bird game just further on? Can you imagine if they're really playing games still on Sunday? No, dude. If if they are, if if it's like Jay will having to deal with Jokic, which like on you just, Sunday. I mean, they're gonna and I mean, I would probably pick Nuggets in five in that in that series if if given the chance to even make that pick but um, hey if you if they win on friday you're going to be saying okay maybe nuggets and six you'll bump it by one nuggets and seven i mean a puncher's chance right we're going to say hey that all that i'd care about two games in okc two games in OKC. okc yes yes my son so i was watching the game with my son tonight who is 10 turning 11 uh this weekend in three days he turns 11 and we stayed up and watched it, and it was uh, it was uh, one of the thrills of my life, to be honest, to watch such a like a close game with like my son who understands what's going on. Yeah, and, like you can see his like Thunder fandom like blossoming. Um, it was just so cool to be able to like, watch that game with him. Um, but he was asking me, he was like, "Hey, why is everybody wearing red shirts in New Orleans? What's up with that?" I was like, "Well, this is what happens in the in the play in or the playoffs." And he was like, well, can you get me a shirt? I said, well, I said, we got to have games. We got to have games like that here in Oklahoma City for me to get you a shirt like that. I said, I doubt that we're going to have them, but we'll see. You know, this was like pregame stuff. Um, it's cool. I mean, it's there's it's it's kind of a reminder to me watching the game with him. That this is like some people's like first taste of like play playoff play in basketball for as like a Thunder fan. You know, yeah, like sure. their Thunder fandom is going to start with Josh Giddy and with Shea and with Lou Dort, you know, and that's, um, it's just, and a, also it was a good it's, reminder it's more like, me. even if, you know, like your, your son probably watched like back in the OK three days, but it's, it's just such a different vibe. Like yeah. the vibe of watching a young team try to do this the first time is just a completely different experience. Because you really do feel like there's nothing to lose. Whereas with the Westbrook teams, it was like, if we get bounced in the first round again, we've got everything we've got to blow it all up. <laughs> Whereas this is like just the beginning of them starting to make whatever climb they're going to make. And you feel like you're playing with house money. Everything's gravy. And while the stress is still there, like I definitely felt it in that game. I was standing the final like three minutes of that game. It, there's not like, I don't know. There's not the feeling of doom in the back of my mind where it's like, we have to win this game or I'm going to be miserable for months. <laughs> I honestly it's was... more just like, I really want to win this game because I want these guys to win this game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, I was thinking during the whole second half of that game, wow, they've played so well. And I probably said it out loud like 50 times. Like they have, they've played such a good game where even if the Thunder lost and the margin was slim, I mean, they were just like, and we saw this, we saw this happen in Oklahoma City against Charlotte where we had missed free throws from Josh Giddy and from J and from J Dub. And that was the difference of the game. And if they just missed free throws down the stretch, that could have been the game because B.I. hit that three. And that three could have been some like way more meaningful than it was. Yeah. And the fact that they made their free throws and they learned their lesson there. like Even if they lost, I, I might be doing an emergency pod anyways, just talking about how like, you have to be proud of that group. This is such a young group. They're average age of 22. Like, they shouldn't be here, you know? And then you have guys that are getting their first taste of, like, win or go home basketball, and especially guys like Josh Giddy and J-Dub and J-Will. As, as bad as J-Dub was at finishing at times, I thought defensively he stepped up big time and played a really good game using his length. Um, I mean – Win or lose that game, you have to be super proud of just the way that they played. But the fact that they won, and just like the media coverage that they're going to get tomorrow, yeah, you know, is going to be and to do it on the same night as the uh, Raptors being eliminated, yeah, like going back to preseason. In fact, when I was listening to the preseason pods, yeah. Literally, one of our segments was the the sports tsn.ca report about the raptors monitoring sga situation like we were talking about that at the beginning of the season and for us to end up here where the thunder are clearly a better team than the raptors who are just a kind of a mess like the way they choked away that game to the bulls shout out to the bulls bulls are back but the way they lost that game and now it's like seems like nick nurse is going to leave they made that huge they gave up first round pick for yaka Pertle just for this run and now they have to pay them a ton of money this summer is just they're in such a worse situation than OKC right now. Yeah. And for so many people at the beginning of the season to feel like those situations were flipped. 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, we got rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes, like all NBA player, Siakam. All these, all this is going to come together. We're going to finally see this team move forward. And for it to flip like that and end like this. Yeah. It's very gratifying, Andrew. Yeah. I mean, I remember going into that media day and my like mission was to just get Shay to say something to the effect of, I'm not going to leave you, you know? Yeah. And like mission accomplished there. And I thought, okay, good. Like maybe this will settle people down for this season and that maybe we can get into the next summer and like get a top five pick or whatever, and then move into the next season. And then you're kind of feeling good about the team. Um, when Shay said like the line of, I don't think we're going to be losing for much longer. Yeah. I didn't believe him. You thought he was lying. Did you believe him? Uh, I mean, he didn't specify time. So I was like, okay, well, two, three years, <laughs> two years isn't much longer than, yeah, sure. I agree. Would you have believed him if he said, yeah, we're going to be in the play in this year. We're going to, we're going to win a play in game this year. No, though. I do think Dort was saying stuff like that. Dort and said we were... it. Dort said it at exit interviews at exit <laughs> interviews. He was asked. And I think a lot of us rolled our eyes at him or thought like, man, this guy's getting a little over his skis over there. You yeah, know? like good for him. Yeah. But yeah. let's get back to the tank. He obviously <laughs> wants to win, and I can respect that, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. And he was like, no, no, no. We want to be in the play in next year, and we want to win. And you're like, that's that's cute, Lou. And, and based on the responses of guys, and especially Shea, we already kind of feel like he's bought in to this whole process. Yeah. But nights like tonight, like if you're a player on that team, how can you not be bought in now? Like just to see the progress that this group has made over the last two years where they can go on the road in a postseason game and beat a good team. Yeah. And and beat them in that way. Like just kind of straight up. Yep. Not because anything fluky, shooting a ton of threes, whatever. Yeah, it, it wasn't like Isaiah Joe going wild, you know. Right. Which was yeah, it was like earned it was hard earned what they did and it, yeah and it was the core of the team that won the game for them you know it wasn't true yeah it wasn't some strange even like as much as i love aaron wiggins it wasn't like an aaron wiggins 27 point game where it's like oh my gosh aaron wiggins just like saved our season you know it was josh giddy it was you know the guy that they picked six in that draft where like horrifically disappointing on lottery night you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I might just tweet out the video of that night, and because that I mean, it just felt like, boy, I'm not sure there's a worst case scenario for the Thunder on a night like this. And then you're just like, your only hope was maybe maybe they just trade up, maybe they can trade up, maybe that's how they do it. And they were able to get a very good player, and I even. Even as recently as that podcast I did with Sam Vecini, where he was talking about like how many all stars are on the Thunder, like over under yeah. three. And I was like, well, probably under. And he's like, no, I think it's over. That are like on the team right now, and he named Josh Giddy as one of them. And tonight, where he has thirty one, nine and ten, eleven of twenty two, like okay, I can see it now. <laughs> I can see it pretty yeah, clearly now. Like that that kind of guy who steps up in that kind of moment. Those guys aren't easy to find. Yeah, even though I I like have liked Giddy for a long time, Body's jersey, there's he's still surprising me. Like he's still exceeding my expectations. Mm-hmm. And in a game like tonight, like I just didn't see that coming. Mm-mm. I did not think I was going to get that from Josh Giddy and the fact that he can do that, that he is capable of that at this age. I was, I was just tweeting it out. I was going through the 2022 draft. Yeah. Like the fact that he's younger than Chet, he's yeah. obviously younger than Keegan Murray, younger than Jaden Ivey, younger than Benedict Matherin. He's 33 days older than Paolo. Paolo. Yeah. It's, that's wild. It's wild. Like, and he's doing this in a meaningful game. Yeah. I mean, Thank you. Everybody's kind of adjusting their uh, their giddy meters tonight. You know, like what for like, sure? What do we do? 
with this guy because it has been like, oh, Shay and J-Dub. And like, it still could be that, but like, don't, don't undersell Josh Giddy, man. I mean, yeah, it's it it's it's a different level. It's a different like tier of player, but in the same way that that Dort game seven in the bubble was just kind of like undeniable. Yeah, like wow, like this undrafted rookie just came in and scored thirty points in a game seven. Potentially could have won it if James Harden hadn't blocked him. Like I need to readjust what I think. This isn't just some like fun run that this guy had. He's going to be a part of this team for a really long time. Yeah, and. This for Giddy, obviously on another level, because I think he's a better player. But it's the same kind of thing, where as impressive as he's been this season, doing it on this type of stage, on the road, and and everything that happened. I mean, getting hit in the nards, Andrew, getting pissed. By the way, shout out to Jay Will for immediately hugging him. Yes. What a I, great play by him. Clutch. To not get double texts or something. Clutch. Yeah, for but real. Yeah, I, Giddy was just so impressive. And I just love his attitude on this team because I do think he brings something emotionally yeah. that no one else is really bringing. Yeah. Like everyone else brings their own thing, but what Josh, he, he has like an aggressiveness to him. Yeah. Like a, like a mother effer attitude to him. He really that you does. don't always see from other guys on the team. Yeah. It's so true. He, and, and this is another thing Vassini was saying. Um, is that like this is a guy that steps up in big games? Like that's what he's built for, and you're just watching him do that like before our eyes, just like wow. Which is so funny because yeah. going into like a game like a, like the postseason, or even just thinking ahead to the playoffs, one of the big things we were talking about is like, are, how are team are teams just going to target Giddy relentlessly on D? Like, is he going to be able to hold up defensively enough where you can get the benefit from him offensively? Yeah. Of course, never thinking that the offensive benefit we were going to get from would be this significant. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, in one-on-one situations defensively, I thought he held up pretty well. Yeah. He still, like, can fall asleep off ball, and there were some wide-open threes that were probably his fault yeah. for not closing out quick Especially enough. Especially in the first half there were, yeah. But you saw enough to feel like, okay, I'm not as worried about Giddy in the playoffs going forward. Like, yeah. He's going he's gonna to be fine. He's going to get better, obviously. But that that also is shows the importance of Lou with his willingness to fight through screens to guard the best player. Because so, so many that they teams don't switch. Yeah. Seriously though. Like so many yeah. teams are willing to give up the switch just right away. Yeah. And the Thunder don't do that, mostly because they have Lou Dort. And people are like, Well, we just throw Wiggins in there instead of Dort. Like Wiggs is not that s- the same guy. Right. And doesn't bring that same intensity. Um yeah, if you were to go before this game, if you were to say, "Hey, who do you who would you bet has more second half points, Josh Giddy or Trey Murphy?" I think most people probably would have said Trey, with just the way that Murph had closed the season. Yeah, that he had looked so much better. Giddy had 19 points in the second half, and Trey Murphy had six. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty wild. I mean, they really did a good job of limiting just attempts from Murph in the second half. He only had five shots in the second half, which kind of that kind of blows my mind. Ingram had twelve, Jonas had two, McCollum had ten. McCollum was just really pretty bad. He was bad throughout most of this game, which was very very helpful to the Thunder. Um, he had like a couple floaters there at the end of the game that I was like, oh man, like that's that's a big one if it goes down, and they just didn't they just wouldn't go down. Right. And McCollum just not – I mean, it's just kind of make or miss, similar to like J-Dub. So it's it's not like McCollum took bad shots. It's just like the shots that he normally takes just weren't going down. And so it was really just all Ingram who hit some ridiculous shots. He was 8 of 12 just like Shea in the second half. They both went 8 of 12 in the second half. He was hitting just the most impossible – Shots, and I saw this quote on Twitter today from somebody that was like, "We we like scoring in the NBA, but we want basketball to look hard. You know, like we want it to look yeah. really difficult. And the way that both of these teams played tonight, like I think the uh, the shot from Ingram where he's fading away and Dort is just like right here and he switches yeah. it anyways, 
And then that one that we referenced from Shay earlier, where he is like fading away off one foot and just like gets it to go. I mean, those two are just like so emblematic of like, man, this game is so fun and that looks so difficult. Like there are well, not it re- many players. It really that can reminded do that. me. I, I know like he's gotten the KD comparisons before, like when he was coming out of the draft. Yeah. But the way he was the shots he was taking in the clutch and the way it felt just automatic, it really reminded me of KD. Yeah. Where he would just like get to his spot in the mid range, rise up, and yep. it felt like it was going to be cash every time. Yep. Yeah. He, he I mean he was he was terrifying. He's really good. But that thing you mentioned about Dort, how like he's the he's the reason that they don't have to switch or, or that they can play the way they want to play. If you start thinking forward, like if you can get a good game out of J dub, you already feel confident about Shea. And then you're adding a player like Chet into that five man group. Like maybe it can work. And maybe that group is actually like really well prepared to deal with a lot of different situations in a playoff setting. Yeah. And, and would be a really tough matchup for a lot of teams because I, I would all, I was always worrying about that starting five because of the overall lack of shooting specifically with Dort and Giddy, Mm -hmm. just worrying that teams are just going to leave them wide open. And like, are we just going to get a bunch of over six games from these guys? Yeah. I know it's not always going to be like tonight. Like tonight was an exceptional (laughs) night for both of those guys. Giddy was three for seven. Dort was four for eight. I know it's not always going to be like that, Yeah, but I feel confident enough in those guys shooting going forward and hopefully improving there as well. Or maybe with Dort, I mean, we've already talked about like if, if you could take a little bit, a few more corner threes, a few, you know, fewer above the break threes, that would be great. Where I'm really starting to look at that five man unit with J Dub, Shea, Chet, Dort, and Giddy. Mm-hmm. And like it is kind of a, a very cool lineup. It would be very difficult to defend if if J Dub becomes the player we think he's going to be, mm-hmm. and if Chet is the player we think he is. Oh my gosh, that is a awesome lineup. Oh my gosh, yeah. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. Yeah, I mean, even if this was, I mean, that's the thing with this with this team and with like the future of this franchise is like, if this is your team, where it's like. Giddy and Shay and J Dub and J Will and whoever else, you know, still don't have Kenrich. You know, you got Kenrich, bring Kenrich back. Like, you still feel pretty good about this team going into next season. But the fact that they get to add the number two pick, the fact that they get to add another, I mean, whether it's a lottery pick or the 15th pick or whatever it is, like, you get to add one of those guys too to this team. And, they it was funny during the broadcast they flat Sam, they showed Sam Presti sitting in the crowd and they flashed like the number of picks that he has left. Yeah. And the fact that you have all of that left and a an ownership group and a management group that are both so incredibly driven to like see this through and not just like pull the plug like great. I think most franchises would look at this situation and say great we're ready to go. Just plug in pieces now. And there will be people clamoring for it this summer because the Thunder have extra picks, because they have cap space, because they have all of that. I promise you, people are going to be beating down the door saying the Thunder need to go and fill these spots now. They're not going to do it. And they shouldn't do it because I, you want to see this process through. You want to be able to pay your guys instead of going to get somebody who makes – however much money this summer it's it's incredibly exciting this is an incredibly exciting time to be a thunder fan because like the future is all ahead this this feels like 2010 all over again you know and and it also feels like this should be terrifying for some western conference teams yeah like your time is running up yeah you're not not say like this is going to be like some dynasty that's going to win a bunch of championships but more to the point that with the Grizzlies the last couple of years rising up, I think New Orleans is still going to be a good team if they can get Zion back. They're going to be rising up and having the Thunder rise up. If you're an older Western Conference team, like your time may be up very, very soon and probably sooner than you thought it would be. Yeah. If you're the Mavericks and you're like, man, we just got to feel the team. And then like you look up and it's like, uh-oh. 
the Thunder are here. Yeah, if you're the Clippers, like if you're the Lakers, yeah, like you better do something this year. Yeah, because it's only going to get harder, and and the pendulum is going to swing where all of a sudden you're not the favorite and you're actually like the underdog having to go up with against one of these young teams. Um, I think about Portland too. Yeah, exactly. They could be left behind very quickly if they don't make a like mega move this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, man, where, where they already are, you know, they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be here, you know, like this shouldn't be where they're at yet. You know, they should be adding one more piece. That's what we thought they would do is that they would dip back into the lottery one more time and go get Anthony Black and then come back into next season. Well, I don't know if we we thought that. I know that you thought that. Did you see the Anthony Black (laughs) clip today? (laughs) <laughs> yes in fact somebody posted it in the discord oh, really? and they're like why does everyone like this guy so much and someone responded oh it's just andrew <laughs> <laughs> it's just me <laughs> i've loved him and it's just it's hilarious it was i like was dying laughing watching that clip for the first time because he's just like oh i i watched so much josh giddy <laughs> Like, who says that? Yeah. Like, I watch so much, so much Shay and Josh Giddy. It's like, is there like not an, is it not so obvious? I mean, I watched, when I watched his first game at Arkansas, I was like, holy smokes, this is a Thunder guy. <laughs> this is like the most thundery guy in the draft by far. And he, and he still honestly is the most thundery guy. I mean, he's he's probably watching Giddy being like, "Hey, that shot looks pretty good." <laughs> Man, that, like, that release is so fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, but now, like, we're we're gonna be talking about like mid first round prospects here, and I know, you know, and we're still into it. We're still gonna have draft parties. In fact, oh my gosh, I I have been multitasking this whole time. I'm wearing two sets of headphones. Because oh, I'm trying, I'm trying to work off of two, two separate things. I'm listening to, to the daily <laughs> ding on one and listening to you on the other. Um, we are going to have a uh, a uh, party on Friday, so be prepared. I'm in the uh, in the weeds planning this. I've got, um, I've got Jason Gallagher in my DMs helping me plan this party. So it's going to be really fun. This is a watch party for the Minnesota game. Watch party for Minnesota game. Yeah, we got to get together. We can't. We can't let this time pass us by without Thunder fans getting together. So um, now, Andrew, let's close it out here. Would you agree that if you're going to bring back Chet this season, there's not a better time to do it than in his home state home of Minnesota in the second play-in game? Chet Holmgren starting for the Oklahoma City Thunder. What do you say? I mean, no, but it would be how much I would. I mean, would you have chills if uh, Seven was freed on Friday? I would. I would have chills. And the fact that he would get to go up against Gobert, (laughs) I would love that too. Yeah. Because Gobert is one of those guys that like people would think, oh, like he's he's definitely bigger than Chet. He's going to bully him, but I know he wouldn't. Yeah. And so Chet would look really good in that matchup. <laughs> so yes, I, I would love that. Hopefully maybe we can start the season against Minnesota next season. Oh my gosh. They've got to start it with, uh, against whoever's got Wimby, right? Oh, Chet versus Wimby. Don't you think that Chet versus Wimby on opening night is destiny? That's, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, this team is going to get, some TV games next year. We're going to get some TV games. I mean, they had, they, they were just part of the, by far the best playing game. Everyone was watching. That was so much fun, man. That was such a fun game. Wasn't that, that was like one of the most fun basketball games I've watched in a long time. Uh, yeah. I mean, I loved Wolves Lakers, but this was both fun and good. Yes. This was good basketball. This was good. Dude, it's 1 a.m. and OKC and we've got like, 425 people on the live stream which is like which is not normal people are hyped people are up people are are buzzing you know you're gonna be buzzing all day at work tomorrow because of this big time win and and even if they lose in minnesota like what a outrageous success 
for this group. Yeah. I mean, just to get the one win. I mean, just to get just to get a taste of just get taste of postseason success. And it is postseason for those that didn't listen to the Wednesday pod yet. This is the postseason. This is after the season. Is everybody playing right now? No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. This is the postseason. It's 2 a.m. on on the East Coast, says Daryl. Right about that. Time zones. Yeah, just keep throwing out more time zones. It's 6 a.m. here, says White Let's Black. Let's go! More time zones. Hey, uh, let us know in the chat where where are you in the world. Seriously, just start throwing me your, your locations. Yeah, you know, now that I think about it, we think it's so crazy people are up this late. There's probably some people, this is like 10 a.m. for them. This Alpha perfectly- King in Tulsa didn't have to tell me where he's at. He's in Tulsa. Um, this guy's in Poland. It's 8.08 in Poland right now. 8.08 in Poland. Wow. We've got Norman. We've got Morocco. Ooh. Wow. Morocco. Wow, wow, wow. So it's 6 a.m. in Morocco. Or is it, wait, is it 6 a.m. in Morocco? Uh, I think that's right. Wichita, Kansas. We've got Arlington. We've got St. Louis. We have Norman for You've Grant. Already Draper. done Norman. <laughs> We've got Norman again. We've got Alaska. Oh, in Alaska. Wow. I guess I never knew what Alaska's time zone was in relation to uh, West Coast. So yeah. they're an hour behind me. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We've got uh, Gobby in Lubbock. We've got Alvin Jackson in San Diego. Uh, Great Ape, are you in Japan or are you just telling us what time it is in Japan? I don't know. Um, 6 p.m. in New Zealand. 6 p.m.? Mm. Wow, we've got Vancouver here. Wow. Brazil? It's 3 a.m.? <laughs> wow. That's hardcore. <laughs> that is super hardcore. We've got another person in Brazil? <laughs> uh, Melbourne? It's 4 p.m.? Just living, living, living life in Melbourne. At 4 p.m. That's beautiful. Oh, man. So many people. St. Louis, Stillwater, Go Pokes, Tyler Beats, Tulsa, Albuquerque. Got an Albuquerque person here. This is great. Arizona, Louisville, um, Washington, D.C., uh, north of New York City. Uh, Jack is at my mom's house. Weird. Um, Miami. Uh, Little Rock, Denver, Australia. This guy's in Oklahoma City. Wow. Uh, Andrew, who are you taking in Bulls Heat? Did um, you did you notice all the playing teams in the East Coast are or in the Eastern Conference are red? They are red. There's a They're lot of red, red teams. It's a lot of red. Uh, give me the Bulls. Guy, I hate that wow. Heat team so much. Guy, I hate that Heat team. That's the, that's the most <laughs> that's the least likable team ever. There's there that was. I know a lot of people would say that the team that they hated watching most of the season was the Rockets. <clears throat> I think that's like pretty much consensus amongst people that just like watch a ton of games. My least favorite team was the Heat. I, I and it's probably because it comes from like this like sicko place within me that's like kind of likes the Rockets uh, failing this hard, you know, this season. Well, like, and also it feels like there's something to believe in like maybe you'll see something in one of yeah, these young guys you totally know, like, buy into it like you see the wild man tari eason you know you yeah but Green, with the heat cool stuff they they are a brutal watch it's like i tyler hero i get it he's been around sure yeah bam i get it jimmy butler i really like he's jimmy is really very good. good basketball player he's very good but also i get it but we're over it and i just like <laughs> The fact that Kyle Lowry had his best game <laughs> in that game. After yeah. just how like terrible that trade ended up being for them. The groat. The groat. Uh all right, Andrew. Friday night. Friday we got night. got a game. Friday night in the big town. Hey, look out for details. We're gonna I'm gonna when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm gonna start putting together details for a uh a big time watch party. Um so if you're in Oklahoma City uh, you're going to want to watch this game with other Thunder fans because this could be a big one. So um, join us wherever that is. Look for details on – I'll put it on Down to Dunk's Twitter. I'll put it on my Twitter. Hey, by the way, do, I, this is a very lame thing to end the show on. Uh-huh. But are you aware of how the pick works for the Mike Muscala trade? Uh, tell me. talked about it, yet. Tell me. It, it's very interesting. So the 
So Boston has these two picks because Boston sent a pick to OKC. Okay. OKC is either going to get the Miami second rounder, which is going to be somewhere around the 50th pick, mm-hmm. or they're going to get the Portland second rounder, which is going to be somewhere around the 35th pick. Yeah. And the way that is going to be decided is by the coin flip between Houston and San Antonio. Oh my gosh. If, uh, I'm trying to remember what it is. Yeah. Who okay, do we if, root to win? If Houston loses, so if Houston moves down to third, then Boston keeps the Houston pick because that's the best one of those three picks that they have. Mm-hmm. They have the Houston second rounder, the Portland second rounder, and Miami second rounder. If Houston falls to three, they lose the coin flip, then we get the Portland pick. Wow. The reason that is is because Houston protected their second rounder to Boston just for picks 31 and 32. So if they fall to third, it becomes the 33rd pick and Boston keeps it and we get the Portland pick, which I know everyone, I know, I know like now we're thinking about the Muscala trade in retrospect. It was, it was like, oh man, that was kind of a bummer. We only got a second. If you end up getting the 35th pick for Mike Muscala, yeah, that's pretty good. And if Mike Muscala, when he resigns, and you get both, you get Mike both? Muscala and the thirty fifth pick. That's where that's where Mark Degnault looks you in the face and he says, "Why can't we have both? Why can't we have both?" Uh, so just something to keep your eye out on when uh, you know the the those little tweets come out about the coin flips. We want San Antonio to yep. win. I also just want everybody to remember all the hand wringing after the Charlotte game. Just just sit here and remember it and just n- know where we are today. Just remember it, was, it. It was real then. It was real then. Pour one out for the uh the uh op-ed from that lady in the Oklahoman. You know, pouring out for it. You know, lucky Do for her. You think her, she's still I mean, duped? You think she's still duped on Bird Night Al? Lucky for her, she apparently has season tickets, so <laughs> she's she's, she might get, get to go. She, she might get to watch a playoff game on Sunday. <laughs> If I'm the Thunder, I'm like delivering just like the biggest bucket of popcorn to her and just saying, hey, whatever. Yeah, her put name her on is. the screen. Yeah, put her on the big screen. I would show her like every five minutes. <laughs> every five move, minutes. Move her to those uh, Michelob Ultra chairs. Oh my gosh. Have. Yes. Put her in the Michelob Ultra chairs. Do <laughs> Let it. Let her do every in arena game. I would put her in one chair and then just a. Uh, like just and a, Termini, a, Termini, a, fly Termini out. No, no, a, pr- a print copy of her op-ed just sitting in the other chair. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Um, yeah, what a win. What a win. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. We have tons of people here live on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, please do that. If you're watching on YouTube right now, hit the like button. Hit the like button. I think that that helps us with the algorithm. So please do that. Tap it right now. Tap the like button. Thanks so much for tuning in here late at night. We're going to have more episodes coming for you guys. Uh, I did not anticipate doing this one. We might have to just do one every single day of the week this week. Um, So appreciate you guys tuning in. And we will talk to you guys again probably tomorrow. Probably find some way to do another episode tomorrow. So talk to you guys then.